presents Vampire the Masquerade Hellfire Nights Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Bardic College Presents Hellfire Nights. I'm Raz, and I'll be your keeper this evening, and we're going to jump right into the action. Our entire team is here. From We have Dr. Jackal, we have Ashenbrenner, Simona Della Torre, Evelyn Wolf, and Rosmond Henshaw. And we're, where we left off last time, the party had just gotten done. The three of our people, uh, Dr. Jackal, Evelyn Wolf, and Rosmond, were heading over to Richmond to investigate a lead that Dr. Jackal had on a strange-looking and unidentified corpse that was sitting in the morgue. We just had uh, Ashenbrenner and Simona Della Torre leaving the home of the primogen Elijah Beaumont after discovering that Elijah is actually involved in some very, very heavy political machinations to t- tear down the Ventru Prince Kiernan Fraser. We'll get back to that in a moment, but let's first go to the carriage ride and make our way to Richmond with the, the, the members of our team. So everyone, you... Uh, you pull into the district of Richmond and are immediately uh, taken back by just how wealthy this area is. Uh, this feels very much at home to you, Simona, very much at home. As a matter of fact, all three of you, you from different levels of society a bit, but all of you have been in, you know, in touch with the gentry, understand you know, uh, that there are sections of London that are really, really very affluent, very beautiful. And this one, this part of the, the river that flows through it is magnificent. You have the narrow boats that go during the day. Right now, they're currently you know, tied up along the banks. Uh, there's a lot of picnickers. This is a place where many famous painters have come, including yourself probably at some point, Simona, and done landscapes and, and still lifes of the surrounding areas and the riverbanks. So you pull up in front of the hospital, and you know it's, it's not a very busy ward, it's, but it does have a couple of you know, people milling about out front, moving around, a nurse outside speaking with someone quietly, perhaps about, you know, the birth of a child or who knows what. But you do alight from the carriage. And at this point, Evelyn, it was your coach, I believe you took. So you, do you have your driver just wait, pull off to the side? Um, the driver is going to wait. Um, where else would he go? The lady of the house is inside. So he'll wait for us. So, Dr. Jackal, you uh, alight from the carriage as well. And at this point, I, I would assume the ladies are going to allow you to take the lead on this since this is your field. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I assume I know where the morgue is in this hospital, yes? Yes, absolutely. So ladies, just follow me. We'll do a real quick in and out and uh, just make sure that our friend Bartholomew hasn't turned up here. I, After everything I've seen in the last uh, couple of nights, I don't know what to expect anymore, but I was, this way, this way, and he'll start leading them, you know, right through the front door. No sneaking around. Well, no need to at this point. All right, ladies, are you following the doc, the good doctor? Um, yes, as the as the good doctor said, this is his area. Um, you know, different people uh, hold different commands, different sway in different situations. Um, Evelyn's not a medical woman; she'll uh, follow the doctor's lead. Okay. The doctor briskly walks up the stairs and there's like four, you know, fairly good sized slate stairs and makes his way into the, into the front doors of the hospital. But Evelyn, 
if uh, yourself and Rosman would give me perception checks, please. Perception plus alertness. I got... I got three successes, one critical success, no fails. Okay. Okay. So I had uh, two successes. All right. The the two of you, you're making your way in, and you, the door, you know, you're about to swing the doors open, and down the street from the direction from whence you came, another carriage pulls up. It's about 30 or 40 feet down. This, this area is fairly well lit. It does have street lamps that run, you know, that burn... And they have a wick, wick smith that comes by and makes sure the lanterns are lit. And it, they've already been lit for the evening. But you do see another horse and carriage a, a, approach to the corner, rein in quietly, and something or someone look out the curtain from the inside of the coach and then close the curtain back over. How nice is the coach? What does the coach look like? Average, black, standard carriage, handsome. Could be hired anywhere in London at, a, you know, at a, almost a moment's notice. Very standard build. Okay, so nothing particularly exceptional about it? No. Not at all. I turn to uh, to Rosamond. That carriage strike you as odd in any way? And except in the... I mean, it is rather ordinary, but... Does it strike me as odd? About it? Just odd that, uh, you know, it's getting... It's still... Probably around 11 o'clock for the evening, 10 o'clock in the evening by the time you reach, reach Richmond. Yeah, we'll say it's 10, like 10, 10, 10.30, we'll say officially. And uh, other carriages are about, but they're they're getting fewer in number. But this one just seems to have, act, you know, by pulling up short, not letting anyone alight from it or leave from it. It's just putting the hairs in the back of your neck because of everything going on. Death of your of your servant, James. The fact that you, you're now aware that Simona's house has been burned, that the Toreador, you know, have something is up with them. Ashenbrenner's Haven. There's a lot of things, intrigues that are playing, so it's making you a little bit more cautious. I suppose we'll keep an eye on it, but honestly, I it's. I guess it is a little late for being at a hospital, but there are other people here, including us. Mm-hmm. So. Yep, the only strangeness about it is that it stopped, and no one has gotten in or out, and it's not leaving. I instruct... Um, our carriage driver to take note of it because mm-hmm. um, he's not leaving and just to keep an eye on it if anybody um, untoward or you know questionable emerges from said carriage just to let us know okay you make your way through the doors yes dr jackal is i'm sure by now already just doctor would you have been just announcing yourself to one of the nurses or waiting for the ladies and then quietly making your way down the stairs um, I would have been waiting for the ladies. Uh, I would have probably gone through the door and then as I was holding it open for them, noticed that they had not yet followed. Right. Um, but no, I, I don't need to announce myself. This is a hospital. I am a doctor. I don't talk to nurses unless I need something. That's the old spirit. <laughs> so uh, the ladies finally do come through. Uh, the Dr. Jackal is holding the door for you like the gentleman that he is. And the three of you now rejoin can make your way down the morgue. So, Doctor, this is a standard uh, reception facility area. There are a few signs that are st- that are up on this, you know, hanging from the wall that do indicate that the morgue is, you know, straight down this hallway and down, a, you know, when you get to that point, it'll be down an adjacent set of stairs, uh, one level below you. Okay. Uh, when we when we get down to the morgue, is there an attendant uh, present? There is. Okay, so I would uh, I would walk straight up to the attendant. Mm-hmm. Do I recognize him? Is he like a former student or anything, or just some guy? 
Go ahead and give me a roll on your... Give me a roll on your intel. See if you recognize him. Three successes. One of them is critical. Oh, Bryce. Yes, Bryce, Bryce, my good man. How have you been holding up uh, all these ages since you've left the Academy? Oh, oh, oh. Dr. Jackal? What are you doing here, sir? Fancy, I fancy you in Richmond. I I thought you were still over by, by, by the university, sir. Yes, well, you know, man of science, man of medicine, uh, man of curiosity, I was told that there was a unique specimen delivered here today, and I would love to take a gander. Uh, oh, of course, sir. And the lady, sir? Why, they are students. Much has changed since you last left my company, sir. The Vatican has sent a couple of aspiring sisters who want to take up the medical practices for when they go on their uh, pilgrimages. Okay, so let's just take that one as it is. <laughs> go ahead and make me... I would like to ask my sister... He... Yeah. Are we nuns? You well, are now. I, I am not dressed <laughs> okay. as a nun. Well, good. <laughs> um, I... No offense, Doctor, but I, I'm in the same clothes. Church of England, baby. I don't know what an actual nun looks like. <laughs> so, Doctor, if you have anything in, what? if you have anything thing. in subterfuge and and manipulation, if you want to go ahead and give me that role, I have three how... in each of those. Oh well, there you go. Three nuns, huh? Four, five. That's what we're going with. All right. Uh, success, 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 success. All successes. Six successes. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I mean, you walk in with basically, you know, a, a witch and a woman who casts no reflection, and you've now convinced this poor man that they're nuns. Good. Okay, so no worries there. Yes, he's like. Oh, the habit is the day wear. You see, this is this is the evening time. They have to blend in. It would look quite strange if I walked in with two literal nuns, wouldn't it? Uh, maybe as you related to Anthony. <laughs> he is now it's a big family <laughs> um, as, as you say sir Simona, um, Simona Delatore in our group chat everyone made a most excellent point Evelyn wears her hair down in Victorian society I'm a seductress it's so true So everybody's got to repent for something I'm, oh a, se sexy. Yeah. I'm, I'm a sexy nun <laughs> it's spirit of Halloween presents <laughs> so he says well um, all right, sir. If if you're speaking about the body that I'm, I'm assuming you are, sir, it's um, it's hideous to behold. Are you, I, I, can, I, we have no. It's just, it's beyond it. Are you sure the ladies are are up to this? He doesn't even address the two women. He just he's talking through the doctor, making sure the doctor says it's okay for the two of you to see the corpse. Oh, tut tut! They've both been on missions before. I'm sure they've seen much worse in places like oh, I don't know, the Americas. Oh, horrible, well, horrible things. Just terrible thing, the Americans. All right. Well, he opens the door and he says, uh, "Drawer number seven, sir." All right. Yes, and if if you wouldn't mind, you know, I do like to work alone when I'm. Uh, doing professional stuff, and I also have to teach the ladies here. So, if you wouldn't mind just stepping out, please. Alone with nuns. Yes. Uh, yes, sir. Understood. So he. Uh, listen, you got six successes. He he would he would believe you if you told him a frog was a prince. So you um you make your way into the the morgue. So there's four examination tables in this morgue for operating on the on the dead. This that this room is very well equipped. 
it's definitely a crude pro you know in in some of the most latest like the 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 uh, tables themselves are made from a, a very good porcelain and and they can drain quickly and easily and there's scales you know very modern scales for the time that are set up with all the weights beautifully stacked it's kept very clean and it but yet very efficient and it's it shows that the hospital is incredibly well funded so the he turns the gas lights up which there's fans constantly swirling overhead um, on this long system of uh, bands like fan belts that run these large fans above you so that the the gases and things with the open flames from the fire don't cause a problem and there are 30 drawers in here. Now, he tells you it was in drawer 7, so as long as you're not going to be messing around with anybody else, you can make your way right there. Yeah, we'll go straight to drawer number 7. So, in drawer number 7, uh, when you when you crack it open, uh, the room is, there is some form of an ice system in here trying to keep bodies a little bit better than just, you know, preserved underground, uh, you know, a, a level down. So, there's definitely a, a, like an ice tray that sits behind. So, when you pull her out, there's a block of ice feet first. So at her feet, there would be ice that would help keep the tray somewhat cool. So you pull her out, and she's covered over. And when you remove the it back, you do recognize that it is Rennie. Oh from, dear, dear me, yeah. poor oh. Miss Rennie. My God. And she has so her body. She's been staked, and her body does show quite a bit of damage, and it looks to be you know lac lacerations that were caused by either claws or some sort of a, 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 a an instrument that was not meant for slicing. Maybe like, you know, a, d a dirk, which is more of a punching weapon, but then was pulled across her body. You would really have to pull her into the light well and, and kind of look her over to get a, a real read on it. But she's in she's definitely in bad shape. Uh, well, the first thing that I would do is put on like my thick leather medical gloves. Okay. Uh, ladies, uh, this is Miss Rennie. This isn't Bartholomew at all. Uh, Shall we check for any clues or evidence, or how would you like to proceed with this? Absolutely, Doctor. Um, investigate away. I look to Rosamond, but perhaps we don't, because she is of a, she's a member of Bartholomew's family and connected to the prince by, via him. Perhaps we don't disturb her too much here. Keeper, can I sense if she is dead? Like, or do... She, if she was fully, if she was truly dead, you wouldn't be able to, she'd have, she'd be dust. Okay. In this case, she's in torpor. She's been beaten yeah, and staked with, with, with blood points left. So she didn't, you know, okay. she, her head wasn't removed. She wasn't, she hasn't suffered final death, but she is in definitely bad shape. That's, um, that was my question, so... I'm concerned about the doctor pulling the stake out while we're in the middle of a human hospital. Okay. It could be a problem, but it, depending on how human Rennie was will indicate how quickly she comes in or out of torpor without the aid of an elder. An elder may be able to give her blood and bring her back, but otherwise she's going to be in torpor for what, you know, it could be anywhere from minutes to years okay either way um not cool and rennie could have important information so personally i would like to get her out of there okay are you saying this out loud to to jackal 
no, I'm devising how to say this because you don't know yet, like, that, you know, vampires are a thing. You just think this poor woman is dead. Um, This poor heinous, hideous-looking woman. This poor heinous, hideous-looking woman is dead, but she's not, and I don't want to see you get eaten if she, you know, if you pull the thing out. from the dead? Exactly, that's not a good look. Doctor, would you be able to, considering your great sway here at the hospital, you're a proficient medical man, could you get this body released into our care? Well, that's a little bit on the trickier side. I can certainly try. What did you have in mind, my dear? Merely, um, if we were to conduct any autopsy to bring her perhaps back to my home, uh, a, a relatively neutral location, um, we can inform her family, other people, those who care for her, and make sure she's at peace and in, and investigate this horrible act somewhere more secluded, quieter. Am I uh, correct in assuming that there's no ID or anything beyond maybe like a Jane Doe? That's about it, yep. Okay. Yes, well, as you say, if she is a part of, uh, if you know the family, that of course changes things uh, significantly. I will see what I can do about having this body released to us. Is there um a way to get, I assume there's some sort of way to get out beyond just through the front door? Oh yeah, there, there's, um, yeah, there would have to be several exits to a hospital. They would not just have one door. Okay, so what I would like to do. Uh, and I'll actually, before I go and do this, all right, so here is here is what we shall do. I shall go and get the attendant. He is a former student of mine, good man. Wonderful. And I will inform him that we have the unfortunate knowledge of this uh, woman and her family, and that I shall be taking charge to bring her back to the proper place where her people prefer to be laid open uh, at that point if there's anything that needs to be done with the police i will take full responsibility and have them come to me on the morrow uh, i do not see why there would be any need to have such a discussion here and now excellent i uh, you have most excellent judgment doctor and Ms. Rosamond, you are being uncharacteristically quiet. Do you do you have anything that uh, you feel that uh, we may be missing? Any details that your particular line of expertise may lend us? Not really. I mean, she doesn't have a soul, so I can't exactly perform a seance on her. Oh, I I'm, I did not realize that you were into mysticism. A practitioner of those arts is uh, quite unique. I would love to have a discussion with you at some future time. But uh, yes, I think for right now, uh, we may need to get to the task at hand. So, Doctor, you were going to go up to the orderly and explain that you have knowledge of the family and that you w- would like to pull her or get her securely out of the this, this this situation, correct? Yeah, I would uh, go back up to this. Well, a good man, I don't know exactly how to say this, but you were correct in a way. It was most unsettling and that my, my female students do actually know this uh, poor wretched creature and, well, her family. 
and they are a very particular lot who have very specific customs and rituals that uh, go along with the passing of the soul. So you see, this is a great offense. We must, we must transport the body to a more appropriate location. Fortunately, I have come in a carriage that I can use for such a thing. I just need uh, to know uh, that we are of the same mind that respecting the wishes of the family of the deceased comes paramount to all. He looks at you and he's he's perplexed by some of it because he's not sure exactly how two women who are Catholic and maybe from Italy or served in the Americas know people in this area of Richmond. But at the end, he's, he's compliant and says, well, whatever you think best, doctor. I mean, the police dropped her off as a Jane Doe. Uh, they're... You know, they, they know that there's foul play involved. They're going to be looking for a report from the coroner. Uh, fortunately, he, you know, he had other bodies to attend to first. And she was because she was a Jane Doe, he he put off any type of examination. But I, I, I'm sure they're going to want some form of a report. Are you planning on doing the postmortem? Yes, yes, of course, of course. I'm sure this poor creature's family would like to know how she passed as well. Obviously, a... Getting stabbed with a wooden stake tends to do the trick, but I will do a more thorough examination as I prepare her for the family. Uh, I shall write up a report and bring it back to you on the morrow. Well, in that case, of course, Dr. Jackal, if you have your carriage, uh, pull around back, sir. Uh, I can I can get something to you know put the body in and, and have it. You know, uh, he has these canvas bags. He says, and I can bring it to the back door for you, you know, for you to take. Good man. Good man. Okay. So that takes about 15 minutes. It's about 11 o'clock by time. Everything's done. Evelyn Rosamond, I'm assuming you're just kind of waiting at the back door as well for doctor, or does anybody go up to the front and watch for the carriage? Because Evelyn's carriage now is going to be pulling around back. I will take up that task. Okay. I'm okay, sorry so to Rosman, put that in so bluntly, but I thought that would be something I would do, so. Yeah, just go up front, instruct the carriage to come around, have a look. So, Rosmond, the, um, you head up to the front door, <clears throat> you make your way out, you see that Evelyn's carriage is there, it's down the street, probably about 20, 30 yards, and the carriage at the corner is now gone, it's no longer there. So you go over to the carriage, assuming everything's okay. Do you look around? Are you are you just going to tell him to go out around the back anyway? Are you going to go into the carriage and just let it go? Or are you how? What do you want to do? But the carriage itself, the one that was at, parked at the corner, is no longer there. Okay, um, I'm just going to join him in like the driver's seat if I can get up there and tell like tell him to bring it around back, and I'll just I'll just ride with him. Not a problem. You make that the the carriage starts to head around back. The uh, he pulls up, no problem, into the back of the the hospital. The Doctor Jackal and Evelyn come out from the building, and the orderly wheels out, you know, some form of old, very Victorian type of gurney on, you know, on pretty rugged wheels, but you know, the, just bouncing all over the place. And the the body of Rennie is now in a canvas bag, and they, you know, he helps the Doctor Jackal get into the back of this very nice carriage. Oh no, we took the we took the dry goods carriage. This is the um, oh right, you took nice the dry carriage. goods, not the super nice carriage. Right, I'm sorry. So probably it's, still nicer than what most people are using. Yeah, to it carry. is, but it's not the it's not the famous red carriage. It no, that one is um, it's the Ferrari of horse drawn carts. Gotcha. 
Okay, so the body's put in the back, and he says, Doctor, you know, please don't forget that report. I, you know, it'll be my job. Yes, yes, of course. I wouldn't uh, think of doing anything that would endanger your livelihood, sir. He thanks you again and says, you know, I'll, I'll wait for that, and makes his way back inside with a gurney and shuts the door. Well, there's a... I didn't expect to be bringing a body back to my house. Oh, you get used to it, trust me. Um, normally they're alive when I bring them, so... Uh, yes, what is the plan? Where are you planning on taking Rennie if you're going to attempt to awaken her? I was... Unless... I Now that we're in the in the carriage and this plan is in action, I turn to, to Rosamond. Do you have a better suggestion of where to conduct this autopsy other than um my wine cellar it's fortified um well i do of course have my laboratory back at the school that's not exactly a good place to put a thing such as this and i'm not bringing i whisper this more to evelyn rosamond's face kind of comes to a realization and she heaves a little sigh and goes there is one place where I can save, where we can safely, like, look at the corpse. She puts in quotation marks for Evelyn's benefit, but she's still saying it for the doctors as well. But I'm going to need to take that to a secure location, and neither of you two can come in until the work is finished. Well, that does put us in a little bit of a pickle. I, yes. Um, um, in that case... Can you conduct what you need to do um, in my home? Not if we want answers swiftly and safely, because where I intend to take the body, we will get those answers very shortly rather than risking the dear doctor's good health or any of the residents inside your home as well, in case something were to go wrong. I don't know what could possibly go wrong. A simple autopsy shouldn't take more than 20, 30 minutes. You'd Even be surprised. Then, we're laying the body out for proper reverence. I'll only be doing a, a cursory topical exam. Obviously, I can put in my report right off the bat that uh, cause of death was impalement to the heart. But I am quite curious to catalog all of her other uh, maladies and uh, scrapes and bruises and whatnot. They may offer clues as to how she ended up with this uh, piece of lumber lodged in her ribs, as opposed to just the obvious. The doctor makes a point. Um, perhaps we could inter her so we can have an examination, but then the she kind of points to her chest. Could be done elsewhere. I turn to Evelyn and look at her specifically. Do you really want to damage the body further before I have a chance to fix it? I'm not saying damage. I meant for him to take a look. Yes, it will be entirely topical. There will be no uh, invasive surgeries going on with this particular autopsy. I assume that poor Miss Rennie's family wants her in as complete condition as possible for their mourning process. Absolutely. And as I said, the cause of death complete. is already quite apparent. Excellent. Is a, a compromise then, uh, Miss Henshaw? 
I say this with the utmost respect. It's not a compromise. It's a solution. You get your topical examination of all her diseases, and Evelyn and I can get some answers as to our family issues. And she smiles awkwardly, like, <laughs> oh, I, I really hope he's not going to, like, take a knife to her and see what's, see what's underneath it. In the back of Horatio's mind, he is as giddy as a kid on Christmas because she's just covered in, like, sores and lesions and lesions and he's, yep. he's very excited okay so we're going to make our way to the university <clears throat> evelyn your cab driver gives you the report that after about 10 minutes of you being inside the other cab did pull away uh he was trying to keep a close eye on it while he was having he was having a smoke you know off the side of the carriage uh surreptitiously keeping his eye out and noticed and didn't see anybody come out of the carriage so he was assuming that whatever passenger was inside stayed there and they rode off after about, like I said, about 10 minutes. If there's, if there's nothing else, then we will put him in route towards Dr. Jackal's uh, lab at the university. Sounds like a plan. So that's what we'll do. So back over to Simona and Ashenbrenner. The two of you have now left Elijah's home. The fountain is in a desperate state of needing repair. The front door is off its hinges. Uh, Ashenbrenner did, you know, had showed amazing strength and very little control as he busted things all the way down the driveway vases and and topiary urns and everything so uh the two of you are at the base of the driveway at the bottom of the driveway i guess and that's when you simona you catch up with ashenbrenner and you can make your plea i haven't stopped so i mean if she wants to catch up i'm i'm just i'm beelining yep no i am i'm chasing after him and I'm calling out I'm like Ashton Brenner Ashton Brenner wait we need to we must stop we must talk about this stop walking away from me I'll slow down you're such a good person I know <laughs> Simona um she's picking up her skirts and she's running as quickly as she can in her Victorian heeled boots and um she catches up with him and goes we must speak about this we must make a plan we must figure this out we must get somewhere safe that we can talk right now i need three things i need to find a new home i need to find new supplies and i've got a date it's not a date i've got a meeting i've got an exchange i have places <clears throat> a meeting it's not a date Nobody said date. Um, I'm not in love. <clears throat> well, re regardless, just know Start that I am. Again. I she picks up her skirts and she goes. Well, regardless of what it is, I'm happy for you, whatever this might bring you in the future. But don't make a big deal out of it. It's not a. Don't make it. It's not. A I thing. I <clears throat> won't mention it again. Of course, of course not. I'm happy for you, but I'll let it go. I mean, it could be she's pretty great, but I don't want to. I don't want to dwell on it if you expect too much you know hopes of course but we have to at least speak of what happened we learned many things tonight i can't really speak about this right now because i don't know i'm gonna stop and, and just directly address her simona i am not a political person 
sometimes that is advantageous. But right now, my lack of politicism is leading me to want to murder Tevi and his entire brood. And I don't think that would go over well with anyone. So right now, I really can't speak on this with a clear head. I need to see a priest. I'm going to start walking again. Well, then let us work on this together. You have no political mind, but I do. I don't agree with what they're doing. I think this is going to end horribly. And I think that we need to figure out a way to stop this. It's obviously going to end horribly. I am simply not sure how horribly. So for right now, I really do just need an evening where I can think of nothing political. Just the word right now tastes like piss and ash on my tongue. Fine. If you if you wish to go, then I will not stop you. I'm going to adhere to the story that I told Elijah. I am going to go and stay with Evelyn. And you should know that you are also welcome there as well. And I think that once you've come to your senses and once you've blown off enough steam, senior priest, have your meeting with your one true love. Or, or friend. I, I, I don't want to label things. Of course not. Well, come, please, I implore you to come to Evelyn's. I think that we need to put a stop to what Elijah is doing. I think it's going to blow up horribly in his face and threaten the entirety of Clan Toreador as we know it in London. I will see you tomorrow evening. I'll, I'll bow curtly and then just, I mean, I, I'm not taking the carriage. She's entitled to the carriage. I will just uh, continue walking. Well, thank you for the carriage. Um, then in that, <laughs> um, then in that case, I, Simona, she does a little joke curtsy back to him and she says, I look forward to speaking with you tomorrow evening. I will be at Evelyn's if you need me. And I get in the carriage and I instruct, um, the driver to drive me to Evelyn's abode. All right. You're on your way there. So we'll follow Ashenbrenner for a few moments. Ash, uh, Ashenbrenner, you're, how are you going to get – your plan was to what? Meet your potential friend back at your, your previous haven. Is that correct? Uh, no, I was going to uh, meet her at the church. So that was that was the whole deal. Okay, I, yep. I offered if she, you know, if she could help me out at all, then I could introduce her to my, my priest. Um, my, uh, although my things have been destroyed, so I would need to stop at uh, uh, some sort of a costume shop or a uh, – haberdashery or just something to get some uh some costumes some dark clothing to mask my appearance and maybe pick up something for her if she needs it yeah we'll we'll say that you gave her the address of your uh meat puppet as you like to refer to him uh, maurice mm-hmm. balderstrad you do uh there is nothing open at this even a time of the evening but that doesn't mean that you can't get in oh absolutely uh, yeah <laughs> we we know that that's not a problem i'm not feeling very lawful this evening Oh, it's a shock. So you you walk, are you walking or are you going to take a carriage? What was your plan? How soon did you want to arrive there? Are you looking to be there closer to midnight? Are you looking to do all haste? What was your 
general mo- idea for mode of transportation. I basically just did not want to be in a in a carriage uh, with Simona at the moment because I've I've, I've got to be alone with my with my thoughts. So as soon as the carriage is out of uh, out of eye line, I will happily uh, pick up a, another carriage. Another handsome. Okay, so yeah. so yeah, it takes you a few moments. You you walk a street over. It's not a problem. You do find a, a carriage. You pay the man the fee, and you take yourself into a shopping area, a district not far from this part of the city, uh, from Elijah's home. You do find stores and storefronts and alleyways that you could tuck into. So there is someone that there's a cloak shop and gentlemen's basically uh, couture, you know, for clothing and outerwear. Hennessy's and Sons. Uh, it's, it's you know you've passed by it before in in evenings on your way back and forth to shows at, at the uh, salon at Elijah's house. Uh, and you know that they have plenty of things in there that would easily fit a gentleman of your size and stylistically should work. Um, what do you want to, there is a back, there is a side entrance off of an alleyway. Are you looking to just bar bust your way in? Or do you have any additional skills that might be able to surreptitiously allow you to enter? Um, let me see. I think I do have skills, but I don't know. I mean, I had the subterfuge count or is that more so- with people? That's more with people. Okay. Like so security would be one. No. I have stealth. I have a I have some stealth. Um I mean I'm honestly not as concerned about that. You know, yep, I, I, just like, I, I would I would keep a you know, I'd maybe do a a, a you know surreptitious look around the area mm-hmm. just to make sure that, you know, there's not a, a cop on the corner. But right, but you're not like, looking to stop the idea of a break-in in the morning. It, just, no, exa- yeah. If somebody shows up and see that there's been a break-in, I don't care. I, I'm right, literally okay. taking a, a cloak or two. All right. So um, go ahead and give me a strength check. If you're going to just, if you're not going to burn any blood to do it, I no. use your right base strength. Um, it, it, the door is bolted from the inside. It, it won't take a ton, but it's going to take a couple successes. Okay. So just straight up strength. Yeah. What, what is your strength? Is it a three or better or no? It's a two. Well, how long does that, does all the blood that I pumped into my skin? Oh, no, that's gone already yeah, now. Yeah. It, okay. It's, it's by scene. So normally when a scene uh, ends right. a combat, yeah. That. So if you want to burn one blood point, I'll give you the automatic success. Because you'll have three and it requires two. So you'll beat it by one. That, that would be, you wouldn't even have to roll. I'll just say that. I mean, it's like, I, I rolled two. I got an, I got two. Oh, you got two. Oh, then you're yeah. fine. So yeah, you, you really throw your, your shoulder into it. And it's, it's an older, older door in a, in a nice part of town. You know, they, they really don't have multitude of locks on it and it cracks under your, your pressure and you're able to make your way inside. Okay. Scouring so, around. Yeah. Yeah. Scouring around. A, a, you know, black cloak, red lining, something, something that could be seen as demonic with, with some, with some dread gaze tossed on top of it just to, you know, and uh, if they have masks. That they're not going to have. Okay. Um, but what they do have is they do have several uh, mannequin heads for like hats and things that Ooh. are made of plaster. Now you could carefully crack that open and then secure that to, you know, somehow to your face, like with a, you know, strap or something, or the hat itself would keep it somewhat in place. So you would have this faceless facade and you could break the lips out and stuff, but it would take a few minutes, but you could do that, but they don't have a true mask. You'd have to assemble something. Okay. I, I'll happily assemble something. I can, I can, I'll take some pieces and very gently kind of break some stuff off and just kind of look uh, faceless and, and dark. Yeah. Tomorrow morning, the, the crime will be reported as, you know, someone barges in and destroys several several yeah. haberdashery <laughs> you know busts and then uh makes gonna, off with yeah. one cloak not yeah. gonna make the front page yeah are you are you gonna grab anything else while you're here since you've already done the crime are you going to take additional clothing anything else to help because now your your lair is pretty much up in smoke 
Yeah, exactly. Um, nothing that I would need. I mean, th this is literally just cloth. I, I might grab an extra cloak uh, for uh, for blurry face in case she she needs one. Okay. Yeah. Just a, a man sized cloak, no problem. Yeah, same thing. Just yeah, black and red. You know. All right. So you make your way to the church. You're there a little uh, about maybe 15 minutes before midnight. Uh, by the time you you know leave Elijah's, break all the fountains and everything, and come back down the hill to do some shopping. Uh, so you're, you're, you're on the outside of the church. You do look around at first. You don't see anything. You don't, you don't know what appears to you. Depends on how long you pretend you're particularly interested in waiting before you go after Maurice. The lights in the rectory are, there's only one and it's on the lower level where the normally he would read in the evenings. About this time is usually when he starts to prepare for bed, like, you know, after, after 11, close to midnight. But, you know, it does, the, the fire is still there. You can see the glow through the window of the, you know, whatever they call it, the rectory or the cottage. Yeah. And uh, so he still appears to be in repose in his reading chair. Midnight feels correct. So, I mean, around midnight, I might give it another five, ten minutes. If she doesn't show up, then I'll I'll do my own thing. Okay. So, yeah, uh, not long, right around midnight, the bells of the church um, sound off one of the bigger chapels or churches off in the distance. They, there is one that's there that does have a ringer. Uh, the bell goes off and starts to clang the tomes of, of midnight. And from around the side of the church, you do see a woman appear to you. She's blondish of hair. Face doesn't exactly match the one that you saw last night, but without a doubt, her garments do. She does, does tend to seem to be dressed in very, very similar fashion, if not the exact same clothes. So you do recognize her and she makes her way up toward, you know, starts walking towards you. She's about 40 feet away at this point. Okay. Um, I'll, I, I will wait to, uh, to approach. Don't want to make any sudden movements. Um, so you lived, she walks up and stops a few feet from you. Well, a lot of my art was destroyed. Uh, all of it actually. So if you can call that living, then yes, I am, I'm alive living thanks to you. So I would like to repay the debt by introducing you to a very, very close friend of mine. <laughs> I've been watching him for a while. Do you know he's a chronic masturbator? I do. Since the sun went down three times already. Third one, not so good. So first two were pretty impressive. He's a virile gentleman. I don't for his age. He, uh, absolutely. Uh, perhaps the cloth was not where he should have uh, ended up. She chuckles. She says, so just so you know, and she slowly approaches you and her hand reaches out and kind of just stops just short of you, the side of your, the left side of your face. She says, I have no idea what's about to happen. I'm going to grin and, and just bow deeply and hand her the cloak and say, um, we're going to make a man of God understand the truth of things merely that my truths can be pretty complicated and sometimes very scary i'm i'm i just beatific happiness on my face and then i'll i'll start to scale the uh you know scale the rectory so we can uh, we can make our entrance from the tops from the top floor and oh, meet yeah. him downstairs this is going to okay. be pretty dramatic you uh, make your way up the, the ivy on the outside of the house because all English cottages had some form of trellis and ivy. And uh, you're able to quietly and surreptitiously make your way into the bedroom, one of the guest rooms on the top level of the home. Uh, 
where, you know, you help her come in and she shuts the window, you know, pretty much all the way down behind you. Is this where you don your cloak and makeshift mask? Yes. And I'll, I'll, I'll lean into her and I'll say, um, I only ask that we leave him alive because this is a recurring joy for me. I also wonder, is there anything you can do to change your appearance at all? I tend to be a bit dramatic when I visit my meat pig. What are you looking for? Oh, Old Testament stuff. Um, angels and demons. I'm going to be playing the role, and I, I get very actorly at this point, I'll be playing the role of a Braxis. A demon from one of the darker, sootier pits of Nar this evening. Maybe we could drink him. Maybe we could make him drink piss. I don't know. I like to improv. She says, hmm, a demon, you say? I have just the thing. She takes the cloak that you offer her and she lays it on the bed. And her hair begins to... She shakes her head two or three times and it changes color into these long, black, straight, just these this long, black, straight hair that goes all the way down to the lower part of her back. And uh, she, you know, she put, runs her fingers through it and a white, a small white streak appears on the, at the left temple and her eyes go violet blue. They, they lose all their white. And she looks at you for a moment and her teeth the lower and the uppers just sharpen just a little bit. And she says, would Lilith, mother of demons, be sufficient? I'm actually tittering. Like like a schoolgirl who has been given a, a paper flower. Yes, my, my ebullience is, is palpable. Ebullience, look it up. Okay, so... <laughs> It, it, you learn a lot here on Hellfire Nights. Oh, yes. It is the Bardic College. Exactly. So yeah. we have to use those terms. Yeah, not the Bardic High School. Not, <laughs> not, not the Bardic, not the Bardic Pre-K. Yeah. Not, although we act like the Pre-K sometimes, yeah. but that's okay. We're good. So <clears throat> she prepares herself and uh, she does. She gets her, uh, the upper part of her body begins to swell a little bit and she she looks more of, you know, motherly, but not like old, but like, you know, wider hips. And she's just, she transforms herself into this, this creature from, you know, of biblical proportions, like, you know, the first woman, right? The first, before Eve, there was Lilith. Yeah. And that's who she starts to uh, personify. So Dr. Jackal, uh, uh, we're going to get back to you in just a moment, but Simona, you have the carriage. Is there anything else you wanted to do? prior to going back to Evelyn's house? I was considering going to look at the remnants of my home for clues about who might have done it because they um they said that like, you know, they planted some evidence, but like the killing my household and burning the place to the ground wasn't them, correct? No, they didn't say that the burning of the house wasn't entirely them. They said that there was evidence left that was supposed to have the fire was set intentionally. It had to look tragic, uh, but they kind of left that up in the air as to how much of all the servant deaths and everything wasn't was entirely their fault. Yeah. But uh, from what Ashenbrenner did relay to you, he didn't think that 
the golem that went after him had the intelligence or the wherewithal to do that kind of vicious damage. Like it would, it would break people. It might pull an arm off. It was if it was stopped in its tracks, but it wouldn't go about you know cutting throats and and like and one of the servants you found, if you remember, had a crucifix in its hand. Yeah, a, a form of uh, like some archaic symbol of of you know religion. Uh, so, but other than that, you know, pretty much you assume that most of the damage should have been done. Because of Tevi and his people. Yeah, it's okay. And I also, I didn't think that any real evidence was probably going to survive anyway. It was- oh, no, no, no. That doesn't mean that there's not evidence. But they, they could have planted other things. To stop by the home is not not a problem, not a bad idea. You have time. Yeah, you know what? Um, I, I just tell, I give my driver um, the address to my home. And then after that, I'll go to, I'll go to Evelyn's and just settle down and prepare to figure out how to begin to talk about everything. Understood. So you arrive at your estate um, before Ashen Brenner was able to, to hook up with uh, Lilith, the lady. Mm-hmm. You arrive at, at the remnants, the burnout remnants of, you know, the, the shell of the house. There's very little of the second floor. One wall has maintained, you know, the height of the house, but mo- most of the second floor has collapsed in. There's a lot of debris and a lot of rubble. There are no neighbors about. It's it's closing in. It's probably a little after 11. But with your auspex, with your heightened senses, you do immediately as you leave the carriage and do you ask him to wait, right? Oh, yes. Okay. You do see somebody mulling about in the debris, moving things around. Not as if, you know, not throwing things hither and thither like frantically, but definitely walking through the rubble. Can I tell... Um... Just with my senses, like, can I tell if this is like a human or if it's um, a vampire? You're still probably you're, you're still at the street, and this is you know the yard wasn't huge, but it what did have like fifty or sixty feet of yard plus the house. Sure. Yeah, they're probably about eighty feet away. I mean, you're making you're making them out in the dark, you know, in the in the with the bear with the the street light giving a little bit of glow and and you know the the moon out. But yeah, from this distance, it's a little hard to tell. Plus, they're making some noise. Uh, you'd have to get a little closer in order to, you know, to see if it was definitely a vampire or a human. All right. Well, I I start closing the distance between us. You know, this is my what's left of my home. I have a right to be here. Um, Absolutely. Even if you know, even with what I know, it would make sense. Like, it, you know, if another vampire from another family came looking, like for me to kind of come here and try to put together the pieces. So I walk up. Yeah. The person, as you approach, uh, is wearing a, 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 a tri-pointed hat, long brownish coat, seems to be about 5'4", five, 5'5", five, five, pretty good you know, um, boots that come up to the knee almost, pulling, pushing through the debris, not only paying attention to you approach, hasn't even you know, looked back at you, but there's definitely somebody there who's moving, I mean, even picking up wood and moving it. So you're starting to... Uh, think to yourself that that would require a decent amount of strength. Some of this is like beams and this person is picking them up and moving them. Okay. All right. Then I, I just get closer. And then when I get close enough for them to hear them, I say, have you found anything interesting? Oh, well, good evening. Sorry to have to be uh, going through this. This must be a tough time for you. So you know who I am? Yeah, I've seen you before. You may not remember me, but I went, I was invited once to one of your uh, unveilings of a portrait a while back. I knew your sire fairly well. And I am at a disadvantage. I do not know who you are. 
Oh, Mary Reed, love. She takes her hat off and nods her head down a little bit. She says, just surveying the damage. Looks around. Says, uh, completely gone. All of it. But I do see, uh, I've already found several bodies here. Appeared that they were already in the, two of them were already in the basement, though. So whatever happened must have, um, I don't know. They, they were drawn down there. So I'm wondering if the fire was started in the basement. How are you handling everything? Not well, you can imagine. I've lost everything. My home, my household. My household is loyal to me. I've known some of them. I've watched them grow up. It isn't easy. All of my paintings, well, the ones that aren't in my other homes sprinkled across Europe, are all gone. So you can imagine it's been difficult. I'd say it is. You know, from me to you, love, you're old enough to know this. Don't make connections with the living. It's tough. They they end up dying on you. Just breaks your heart every time. So, who do you think did this to you? Anybody? Any enemies? Anybody who doesn't like you much? I have no idea. I, well, you, you think this was an accident? Obviously it wasn't an accident. I mean, this is pretty, I mean, the one woman... Uh, Piers, even though she's burned up, that her, her throat was cut. So this had to be intentional. Where's Bastion? Bastion was also killed in the fire. Her eyes narrow a little bit and she looks at you and she says, you're awful calm for losing him. I take the ring out. I have it on a chain around my neck and I, I make sure that my hand shakes a little as I pull it out and I go... I've been crying so much that I think there's nothing really left for me to feel right now. I am just numb. You certainly, I'm, I'm sure you must have gone through grief at some point in your life. You know that some days you feel everything all at once and others you don't. I'm just processing, trying to figure out who did this. I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was an accident. I don't know if it was a malicious act done upon me. You must know that Tensions are high right now in England, in London. I don't know who would have done this. I don't personally have any enemies, and I know that Bastion did not either. Well, from what I'm hearing, love, you, you got one in Kieran and Fraser. From what I mean, punishing all Toreadors equally. It, uh, to say you have no enemies, that's that's a might be a little bit misleading to me, uh, unless you still consider the prince a friend. I don't approve of what Kiernan has done to the Toreadors, but he and I personally have never had any run-ins. I've always made sure of that. Ah, oh, you're a good girl then. It's how I've been alive these past 350 years. <laughs> Loyal. It's a quality I like. Loyal. But you do have some strange friends, even if you have no enemies. I mean, you must admit that's true. From the word on the street, you're, you're very close to a certain set of teeth that lives south of here in the shipping industry. Ah, you must be talking about Miss Wolf. Miss Wolf. Mm, that's the one. Well, I must admit, Miss Wolf and I have had a professional relationship over the years. Think of it as a relationship between two tradespeople. I, you know, her kind cannot see their reflections, and you know that I am a talented artist. She's hired me many times over the years. So, 
I've known her from there. If that's what you're thinking of. Well, to each their own. Me personally, I wouldn't trust her at all. But if you and the prince seem to think that she's up in the up and up, I can understand why you're friends. Everybody needs friends. Right, Miss Delatore? Oh, I have friends, Miss Reed. There's no worry about that. Not with you right now. Where are all your friends? She knocks over another board and finds the, the, the remnants of the girl's body who had been nailed to the door. It's obviously collapsed un, under a lot of rubble, but she pulls back and goes, Hmm, this one wasn't handled by one of your friends, that's for sure. Oof, that had to be a painful way for her to go. I had to come here myself, Miss Reed, tonight. This is my home. I needed to see it without all the firemen and bystanders gawking at it. I had to come here and see it for myself. How do you know Bastion was inside? I found his ring. But you just got here. I just mentioned that I was here the other evening when it burned originally. I was here when the fire happened. Oh, right. <laughs> Forgive me. She looks you dead in the eyes. She goes, I forgot. Can I see the ring? I showed you the ring already, Mary. Yeah, but I mean, leans her hand out. May I see it? I'm afraid I don't feel comfortable giving it to your possession. I will hold it out for you. You must imagine this is the one thing I have left of Bastion in this world. I am not too privy to give it up to someone, especially someone I don't know intimately. Are you hitting on me? Oof. Take away my breath, if I had any. Simona keeps her gaze just on her. She looks at the ring. You show her the ring? I do. I have it on the chain still. I never took it off. Where in the house did you actually find that? In the basement, by our boxes. Both of ours were smashed in. This ring was left behind. And that would be about where in here, roughly? I point her to the area that it roughly was in. Okay. She walks around for a minute, looks, and goes, Nothing left of him, huh? Obviously. Well, it's good enough for me, Miss Delatore. I won't keep you anymore. She kind of dusts her hands off. She says, I'm on my way to go see Canon Frazier, find out exactly what he's doing about this. Haven't got here well, a little over an hour ago. Haven't seen any of his people around. House looks pretty much, I mean, doesn't look like there's been a lot of traffic since it burned. So um, just wondering what the prince might be doing about all this. Um, have you talked to him at all? Have you let him know that Bastion's been killed? I have not. I spoke with Elijah, and I figured that Elijah would also spread the word. Elijah, now there's a pretty man. Oof, if my eggs were still cooking. Yes, he's quite, he's quite the looker, but you must understand that I've been in a position trying to get my affairs in order and trying to figure out my next steps, so I told Elijah, and Elijah is going to pass the word on for me. Very well. I'll let you be. I, Like I said, I have to make my way to the prince of this lovely city and let him know exactly what I've discovered and then um, have a little parlay with him about what we're going to do from here. Seems there's quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of questions going on and I'm not so sure that... It... Oh, Miss Delatory, I almost forgot. 
yeah. my understanding is from some people that I have interviewed that you and several others were asked to look into the disappearance of Bartholomew. Ugly bloke, Nosferatu may know him. Think you've been looking for him. Is that correct? Yes, Miss Reed, it's correct. And how did that go? Any luck? No. No luck at all. We haven't found him. We haven't found any any clue or inclination of where he might be. Nothing. No? Well, I don't know what the rest of the team is up to. I assume they're still searching. When this tragedy happened to me, I fell off the wagon a little bit, and I haven't been as present with the investigation as I should have been, which I'm sure you can understand why. Well, I guess I better question the rest of the people that were put involved in that investigation then. I'll have to uh, make my way around and and speak to that that Shremere bitch and uh, Ashenbrenner and uh, what was the name of the the heartbeat that's one of the crazies? Didn't catch his name. Everyone said that he was the first time he's been seen around the hasn't been to a lot of the conclaves before any of Prince's meetings. But you you've been speaking with him, right? What's his name? Uh, you must be referring to Doctor Jackal. I he's a talented doctor from what i understand he's a lunatic or he's gonna be how talented of a surgeon could he possibly be aren't all the best aren't all the people who are the greatest at their trade a little bit off their rockers no not my at least in my experience i want a captain that's right in the head i want a gunner that knows how to shoot and we need somebody who's gonna sing to the cannon when he fires i mean it's kind of cool but not really what i'm looking for if you know what i mean but anyway, Dr. Jackal, I'll find him. Not a problem. You give me a name, that's all I needed. Well, Miss Delatore, you have my deepest sympathies. And when you speak to Elijah, tell him that, you know, I was asking after him and I'm sure I'll be up to see him very soon. I will pass on your I will pass on your message. Thank you for looking into this misread. I I hope some good comes out of it and I can figure out who did this to my home. Thank you for listening to Hellfire Nights. You can like, share, and subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. To help support our network of real play adventure shows, please visit us at patreon.com forward slash the Bardic College. And for as little as $3 a month, you can get access to behind-the-scenes reels, interviews with players and storytellers, and exclusive adventures featuring your favorite characters from our shows.